Looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to African Dialogue. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective. I'm your host, Ayanda Mkwanazi. You can live stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za or you can listen to us on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Well, millions of South Africans will wait with bated breath as South Africa's president delivers his third State of the Nation address. The economy is dwindling. Unemployment crisis is leaving many young people anxious about their future and key state enterprises such as ESCOM and SAA are crumbling. Will the president show political will to change the situation in South Africa? Will he instill hope in many young South Africans as we also know that he is on a path to raise millions of dollars of investment for the country? What what should we expect the president to say tonight uh, to help me with this conversation? I'm joined on the line with, uh, by Levin Doe, who's a political sciences lecturer at the Tswane University of Technology. Alongside him is Professor Peter Bauer from the University of Johannesburg. Good morning to you both and thank you for joining us. Good morning. If I may Good start with you. you. Thank you, Mr. Levy. If I can start with you, Professor Peter what should be Ramaphosa's key priority areas in his speech tonight? Okay, I really do believe that he has to focus on investment. Investment, investment, investment. Investment is absolutely everything. So we need to encourage the rest of the world to relook at South Africa as a prime destination in which to bring business, and the business should be able to bring us growth and opportunities. And in order to achieve this kind of investment, we need to show a different face of South Africa. South Africa that is willing to cooperate with, with, with business, etc. We've got to remember that Sol Ramaphosa is an industrialist. Mm. And he understands, he's a captain of industry, and he understands the, the power of the worker, he understands the power of the people, and he understands the need to drive business. And business relies on an international market. And therefore, we have to show the rest of the world that we are an international country again. And he's already on this path to raise so much investment for for the country. And as he raised already 50, um, half of that 100 million. Do you see him progressing on this path, uh, Professor? Yes, actually I do. I think he will continue in this direction. I do believe that uh, he has the ability and he has the, the absolute, shall we say, the motivation and, the, and the, the courage to pull us into this era. Mm. I have a lot of faith in Sir Ramaphosa. Mr. Levando, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, especially we've got this youth unemployment rate sitting at 27%. What aspects of this should the president be speaking to tonight? Good morning to you. Uh, morning, my colleague, uh, Professor Bauer. Indeed. Good morning. Um, the president has to to deliver a message that talks to government programs in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Remember, 
the president has to speak after he has had um, uh, the ANC Lekhota, uh, which then was followed by the government Lekhota, where the entire government program was being unveiled. And what is in the mind of the president and in the minds of South Africans is that the president, as the one who's leading government, must be able to articulate government's plan in relation to the challenges that are facing South Africa today. Mm-hmm. And at the heart of it, uh, as Professor has actually indicated, it's investment, investment and investment, which must then create jobs for the young people. Mm-hmm. Investment which must also ensure that the economy is very strong, but at the same time, looking at the state-owned enterprises, ensuring that they perform and be sustainable, and they're not supposed to become the burden to the government, as it has always been the case. Mm. And my other area of uh, uh, that I think the president will have to touch on would be to ensure that ordinary citizens now have got confidence in the state institutions because they've been collapsing one by one. And it's interesting that you touch on that um, state-owned enterprises because ESCOM is crumbling as we speak and he's already mentioned that ESCOM cannot be allowed to, to, to fail. Should we expect him to say anything more than what he said already uh, in February regarding breaking down ESCOM into three, uh, Levi? I think he would then have to, to come out clear and indicate to South Africans whether it's actually going to go ahead and break as coming to different entities mm. or whether it's actually going to come with a plan that must deal with the entire overall of ESCOM. But it is not only ESCOM that government has to focus on. There are issues that relate to SARS. Mm. There are issues that relate to SAA. There are issues that relate to the public broadcaster, the SABC. Mm. And all these institutions would require a, co- a comprehensive plan for them to be saved and for them to become vibrant and deliver on their mandate. I would expect also, uh, you know, the minister that is dealing with these state uh, enterprises to provide the details uh, as they start uh, assuming their responsibilities in different departments. Mm. Professor Bauer, if you can remain on this topic of SOEs, what are your thoughts? And also, if you can bring in the issues of the Reserve Bank. Um, I mean, we had a week or so ago, Ace uh, Mahashula saying that the mandate should be changed, the president saying the mandate will remain the same. Should we expect him to make it official to South Africans that the mandate of the Reserve Bank will remain the same? Well, you know, the, the, the state-owned enterprises, our SOEs, are incredibly important to the country. Mm. And they play a, a very vital role on a number of different levels from social to economic. Uh, we, need, we need ESKIM to function. We need power. A country without power, without electricity, is going to find itself in trouble. So we, I, can, I can see that we are going to definitely need to support the role of SOEs. 
SOEs aren't across the board failing. SOEs play different roles. Some of them are more, so shall we say, some of them create a uh, more profit orientated where others are not. It's not their job to generate profit. It's their job to deliver a service. Mm. And, and in the case of Eskom, we do need to support and grow Eskom. But I think some of the questions come up in terms of the, the management structures, and, and they've spoken a lot about rooting out uh, management, more management queries mm. and management issues. And, and so we've got to really focus on the fact that I don't think we should just attack our SOEs. I really think that we need to still support them, but I think um, uh, the way in which we structure the management and making management more accountable and responsible is something that we need to consider. Which is something that has already sort of begun at ESCOM. We've got this new board and the chairperson. Do you think that they can lead us into this light that um, we are hoping to see, uh, Professor? Yeah. You know what? It's, you know, when we talk, talk about restructuring of, let's say, ESCOM, it's, they're, they're getting their layers. They're, 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 there's input and output layers as well that we need to consider. For example, the distribution sources, the role of municipalities. Look at what's happened in Alexandra, mm. where they think that they can just turn off the power to, 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 to thousands of people who are coming home in the evening and there's no electricity to cook dinner. How is this possible? How can we actually implement policies like that? That is sending up such a negative image. And, and we know that we are facing a country with very high levels of unemployment, but that, that pulls us down to high levels of inequality, mm. high levels of poverty, etc. So you can't just cut the lights on people who, who are living in poverty. Well, to solve this problem, we need to still deliver, and we need to deliver on a larger scale. We don't have time to talk about should we or should we not implement environmentally uh, sound energy systems. We need to implement energy systems. So let us start building our, our, our bigger grids. Let us start uh, implementing our solar, our solar farms and our wind farms. Let us get it started. We need it now. Well, that's the voice of Professor Peter Bauer from the University of Johannesburg. He's also joined by Levi Doe, who's a political sciences lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology. Let's take a quick break and we'll continue after this. Attention to our listeners. The first hour of Africa Digest will not be broadcast on Channel 802 on the DSTV audio bouquet. The 1700-hours show will only be found on shortwave and online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Please note that this only applies to the 1700-hours Central African Time show. The 1900-hour Central African Time program will be back on all the platforms. Channel Africa, giving you an African perspective. I'm an actress. I'm a motivational speaker. Born with albinism. Um, The nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report. 
a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times. Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time. And from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time. Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report, an enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebazi, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. A reminder that we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Please interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One. You can Facebook us and you can SMS your views to plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. You are also welcome to send us an email at www. No. Apologies at info at channelafrica.co.za. Well, we're listening, we're talking to Professor Peter Bauer from the University of Johannesburg, also Levi Doe, a political sciences lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology. Just a preview on the State of the Nation address. We're expecting Sir Ramaphosa to make a number of commitments to millions of South Africans um, who'll be listening to him. Now, Levi, if I can get into the political situation um, at the moment, what is your reading of it? Looking at the ANC and how fragmented it is. We've seen a number of MPs resigning. What is your reading of the political situation and is it likely to affect how he delivers his State of the Nation tonight? That has a potential uh, depending on where Ramaphosa's heart is. Mm. Uh, For me, uh, President Ramaphosa, (coughs) I'm sorry, President Ramaphosa has to focus on the interest of all South Africans. He is aware that there are certain individuals Mm. within the ANC that did not support his presidency, and these individuals are still there in the ANC, and they do not want to see him succeed. And I think because he's aware now that it's not only the president of the ANC, the president of the entire republic, he has to put more energy on his presidency of the republic and uh, and leave those that are dealing with factions to focus on the factions. Mm. I know that he needs the ANC to be the president of the republic, but a true patriot would not focus on petty party differences at the expense of the nation, of the entire nation. And for me, I think President Ramaphosa must actually speak on behalf of all South Africans, in the interest of all South Africans, and in the best interest of the future of South Africa. That is exactly what he must actually do. Mm -hmm. He must be able to differentiate such political issues and governance issues. And on this one, his focus should be on working in the best interest of all South Africans, irrespective of the challenges that he has mm. within the country. Mm. Um, I'd like to bring in Lara Hodes, who's an economist. She's written an article on, on, on SONA. Uh, good morning. Thank you for joining us, Lara. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Lara, we were just talking before the break with the gentleman looking at the economic situation um, of the country and yes. what you know the expectations that South Africans should have. 
Um, you know, in, in your opinion, what do you think the, uh, the president should be focusing on? Okay, so as you know, the, this current State of the Nation address um, will be delivered against the background of dismal economic performance following the 3.2% contraction in Q119 GDP, the, lot, the largest quarterly dip in a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, employment, unemployment elevated, um, business confidence is muted, and government debt le- levels are, are rising. So um, the SONAs, the the government's um, likely to focus on, um, you know, it needs to focus on transparent, urgent reforms around key state-owned entities, especially ESCOM. Um, this is likely to be central. Um, further update on the restructuring. Um, additional further clarity around other policies that are perceived to have created uncertainty, especially land expropriation without compensation, is likely to prior- be prioritised while the importance of collaboration between government, business and labour to foster an environment conducive to foster economic growth is expected to be re- reiterated. Um, and, mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, looking at, we're just uh, getting into the political situation yes. now. Looking at this political situation, we've seen the internal battles within the ANC. Do you think that he can instill that hope uh, to many South Africans? Yes, I, I, I definitely think um, he can. You know, as long as um, you know um, policies um, are transparently laid out and um, you know dealt with, uh, then I think if he can foster an, an environment of policy certainty um, among South Africans, uh, this should propel um, a lift in sentiment, a sentiment and, and confidence. Mm. Mm. you know, which is needed to, um, you know, to foster growth in, in fixed investment, mm. uh, which, should, which should lift um, growth and, and employment, mm. which are the, the, the key, you know, the key priorities. So, so I think, um, you know, if the right things are said and, you know, sincerity of, of government and, and transparency, I think um, confidence can definitely be lifted. Mm. Professor Bauer, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this um, political situation. I mean, the exodus of the MPs. Do you think it's an indication that the Jacob Zuma faction is still very much working against Ramaphosa? Well, you see, and I'm just looking to as well support Lara on, on her economic view at the same time. I mean, it's Lara, correct, if I'm not mistaken, but she's spot on right when she, she talks about us creating stuff because that's going to affect our, our racing once again. And those ratings are going to influence the investor confidence as well. And those are ratings we need to turn around. And they're going to be looking at the government's stability as one of the factors that are going to play a big role in turning that around and then trying to achieve growth, etc. Now, in terms of the, the Ramaphosa's challenge as well in the moment is that not only does he have his own mandate where he wants to try and turn our economy around and create mm. growth, but he also has a mandate that it comes from the ANC. He cannot... He is still a representative of the ruling party. And the ANC has very definite views on how they want to see this economy. So it's going to take a lot of skilled negotiation mm. and a lot of strategy from his side, I believe, in order to bring across a, a, a sort of a, a transformation in terms of an economic transformation that doesn't look like it's standing on anyone's toes, but is leading us towards a growth path.
Mm. And, and, you know, the sum of this includes, for example, business regulation. How are we going to regulate businesses? How are we going to regulate the labor market? How are the, 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 the impact of the Minimum Wage Act? How is that is all going to impact on the economy so that we can create growth mm. into the future? Do you think you should also focus on small, um, medium enterprises, uh, Professor? Yes, obviously economies are, are absolutely critical, and, and, and especially in terms of how capital gets redistributed. And given the more fine economy, there are many, many households that can benefit from this. Um, so yes, development of economies, I think you will go on that route. Um, that ties up a lot with the, the, the SREs again. The SREs rely heavily or have been given a lot of contracts to SMEs. Etc. Uh, failure of SOEs has then transpired to failures of SMEs, and, and so the, the, the whole the link chain carries on. But of course, SMEs are very, very important, um, especially in terms of, shall we say, um, removing, removing, shall we say, the power base uh, from large corporations into smaller individuals and smaller businesses to provide. But they also need support at the same time, mm-hmm. and they need support in order for them to be able to better root themselves to be able to make a difference and, and to be able to deliver. Mm-hmm. And, be, and accountability, I think, is a, is a key word here. Mm-hmm. Accountability on every, every single level. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also one of the things that he's made clear was that he wants to cut down on wasteful expenditure. I mean, you've already seen him cutting down the size of cabinet there. The uh, organizing the state of the nation has also the costs have reduced. Um, the praise singer has been taken off the program this year. Mr. Ndo, what are your thoughts, uh, your, your, your closing statements there when it comes to cost-cutting and, you know, the, his leading by example and reducing the cabinet? Can it still be an effective cabinet? Yes, I think for me, uh, uh, the president is trying to present a posture that says that um, those that are given the responsibility to lead uh, are actually there in order to serve and not for personal benefit or personal interest. Mm. Um, uh, but even though there is an element of not wanting to spend more um, uh, on a number of activities, maybe one should be able to say, how much then is government uh, uh, saving and for what purpose? Mm. Um, I, I like uh, what the, 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 the premier of the Northern Cape as it actually indicated, to say that we're not going to buy new cars for MECs and the money that was budgeted for the cars is actually going to buy ambulances in order to serve communities. And I would also want to see that kind of an approach at national government to say we are not using this amount of money for this purpose, but we're actually redirecting it to actually uh, perform other responsibilities that are of critical importance in society. But then, for me, it's a, it's, a, it's a move in the right direction because it portrays those that are in power as people that are there to serve and nothing else. Just uh, the last question to you before I let you go, Levi. There is so much hope on the shoulders of Ramaphosa. Do you think he's capable of delivering on all these promises? I think yes, um, yes, he is capable of delivery, uh, provided he has people that are there to to to, to support his vision. Um, if you 
are saying as a leader that I want to ensure that there is no corruption. I want to ensure that there is sufficient service delivery. I want to ensure that um, SOEs are performing efficiently. You then have to appoint people who understand where you are, who also want to be part of the team that must actually bring change. And I think Ramaphosa in his cabinet, which is very much energetic, he might be able to deliver as expected. Well, that's the voice of Levi Doe, who's a political sciences lecturer at the Tswane University of Technology. Thank you so much. I'd like to stick with Lara and Professor for the last few minutes of the program just to wrap up. Thank you, Professor Levi. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back after this. This is Channel Africa. South Africa's official international public radio station on internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English. Giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. I'm an actress, I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, The nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, Mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebati, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time, and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. A reminder that at 15 minutes before 12, we'll get an econ update followed by the sports news. Well, I'm looking at the SONA preview and I'm on the line with Professor Peter Bauer from the University of Johannesburg, as well as Lara Hodes, uh, an economist who wrote an, an article on the SONA. Um, Lara, if I can come to you, I mean, earlier I had asked uh, Levi Doe what his views were on the reduction of the cabinet Do you think that it could impact on service delivery because the emphasis really is to spend less but do more? Um, So, you know, they've obviously, um, you know, looked at the staffing requirements and and the needs Mm. um, per um, department. So I I don't think it will impact on service delivery. I just think, you know, productivity and... You know, as, as long as, as as things are, as long as people work together in an efficient manner, mm. and productivity is increased, I think things can be delivered as you know as they were before. Obviously, even better. 
So I don't think staffing requirement will be an issue. They've obviously looked at that and taken that into account. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I mean, so far, Ramaphosa has gained the trust of, of investors. But what about the ordinary South Africans, uh, Lara? Will he be able to convince us, you know, that despite the fragmentations we're seeing playing out within the party, he will be able to deliver? Um, so I think in order for for trust and confidence to be gained uh, by the average South African, you know, they have to see things happening. You know, one can and talk and tell about the reforms that are going to that are going to happen in the future. But I think, um, you know, important or or small steps, things that can be done quickly and now, um, you know, have to be done ju- just so you know the people can see that that he is on the right track and he is committed and and things are going to happen. Some low hanging fruit, mm. uh, um, if you'd like to say it like that, and. I think that could gain their confidence just to see initiatives happening. But, um, you know, I think he's sincere in, in he's, you know, he's committed. And um, so hopefully that will, you know, hopefully the, the public will see that. And mm. so I feel he can um, instill confidence in them. Mm. Professor Peter, um, what are your your sentiments around that, especially because people need to see what's happening? You know, we're tired of listening to promises, commitments, but if you don't see it, then you don't believe it. And that's quite a, that's a true word. And I see that amongst the students, mm. and especially when it came to election time. And I would walk into a class and I'd ask them just the random question of the day was, hands up those of you who will be voting. Um, and it was a very small percentage. And young people, I think to a large degree, young people are a little bit despondent. They're not seeing the kind of results that they they need. They're looking at a career after school, which is is, is limited, and in some cases even limited to to very few. So there's no real um, opportunity that they would expect, or not necessarily there. And I think young people are the ones with the voice, and the young people are the ones that need to come out now and say, excuse me, where to from here? how do I get access to a job? Whether you're leaving a trick or whether you're leaving with a degree, the guarantee of my future mm-hmm. is really, you know, is, is a question. So young people are going to very seriously start questioning government. And they're going to start questioning, um, like, like the, but the policies, not the current government, but the policies of the past. Have these policies really worked? How have they benefited me? And will I be able to go into the future? And, and that's one of the reasons why they suddenly are trying to turn to, shall we say, higher education, because they believe that with a higher qualification, you will have access to better work opportunities. But we need on-site training. We need young people to be trained. And there's obviously going to be a positive correlation between training and wages. Mm. But we need training. So if it comes to SMNE, we need training on within SMNE. If it comes to expanded public works programs within any of the sectors, for example, environment and cultural sectors, we need training, on-site training to turn that around and mm. to give people the best chance. But the young people, are, I think they are the ones who are going to start questioning, um, have the policies worked? And mm. this is going to be our uh, presence of Ramaphosa's biggest, biggest challenge is convincing the young people mm. that this change is possible. And speaking on those young people, I mean, we've seen quite a number of them being elected as members of parliament. Do you think this is a good image for the country, um, considering that there was this talk about having um, 
parliamentarians returning for, for more than decades? Do you think this is the fresh face and new look of parliament that we've been wanting? You know, I'm an economist. I believe that, no, we, we mature like a good bottle of wine. We mature with age. And age brings with it experience. And you don't want to lose experience. But at the same time, young people bring with them new ideas. And maybe those new ideas are what we also need, a fresh perspective, somebody who's got the energy and the ability to talk to other young people to lead us into the future. But we cannot rule out the experienced people. And when we look at the management, for example, of, of some of the SMEs, I mean, sorry, some of the SREs, such as, for example, Transnet and other organizations like that, um, we, we, we need to, by, by laying off um, the, the, the experienced people and we were replacing them with younger people who didn't have the knowledge or experience, we were creating our own set of problems. So on the one side, we need to be able to call on the older people because they have knowledge and with that knowledge comes power, but we need to bring the younger people in at the same time. And these younger people will probably have the energy to as well talk to the next generation. Lara, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree very much with the professor. Um, so you, you can't, you know, you still need that experience and depth, but you do definitely new, um, do need um, fresher views, um, younger faces to relate to the youth of today because they, you know, very different in their thinking and their needs. It's so someone who who relates to them on that level. Mm. But I agree with the professor. Yes. Professor, I'm going to let you have the, the, the last say here. Um, so we've got Faith Mutambi and Supra Mohapila who have now been appointed as chairpersons of committees. Both arguably can be, uh, we can say they've been tainted. Um, I mean, how, what can we read of this? Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that, that's, going to, that's going to be a challenging... I, I really do believe that now we're going to... The, the next period, the next couple of months, we're going to actually start seeing... Uh, where these words are going to lead us to. So it's over the next, the, the next few months are going to be really, really important to us, mm. both locally and internationally. We've got to see those figures change. We've got to see the growth moving up over that 1% mark, or else mm. we'll never reduce that unemployment. We need to promote businesses, and we've really got to see what the international sector is going to say about us. Mm. So, so the, the position, fine. But let us see what the markets say. Mm-hmm. And the market will respond very honestly, and they will tell us exactly what they feel about it. Well, that's the voice of Professor Peter Bauer from the University of Johannesburg, joined by Lara Hodes, who's an economist. And earlier, they were also joined by Levi Ndo, a political sciences lecturer at the Tswana University of Technology. Well, we'll all wait and see and hear what the president has to say. Thank you so much for speaking to us and giving us your time. Thank, Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Lara. Thank you, Lara. Bye. Bye. Bye.